Hello and welcome to today's edition of Bipolar Conscious. Uh, I'm really pleased to have uh, Patsy Solanke with me here today, who is actually an NLP practitioner and coach, which is short for Neuro Linguistic Programming. Hi, Patsy. Hi, Sharon. Thanks so much for joining me. I've been so excited about this. Hmm. Um, in the time I've known you, you've given me so many tips and tricks to put in my toolbox to help deal with my bipolar. And I really want to get this out to my listeners because um, they're so valuable and people are struggling at the moment and um, wanted to share them. So um, let's let's fire away, Patsy. So could you just explain what neuro-linguistic programming actually is? Okay, um, I've been using this tool. I was trained in it years ago, um, and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy using it. Neuro linguistic programming. Um, it's. I'm. I'm just going to paraphrase it. Really, when I speak to clients, neuro brain linguistic language programming. So it's how we, how we, what information we've got, how we've stored it. And there's probably going to be NLP practitioners that are going, no, that's not true. <laughs> but it, it but it basically is. I'm very simplistic. I'm Asperger's. So I make things very, very simple, very streamlined. Um, and I it, what, what, what appealed to me was the fact that it was a very elegant set of tools about how we look at the information that we've grown up with, anything from... Um, you're a nice girl, aren't you? You'll behave yourself to um, you're difficult and you've always been bad at math. Um, so all that sort of stuff that happens to us when we're children, going right the way through programming that we've done ourselves or we've just listened to people we respect and care about, they say about us and stuff we end up programming, self-programming, can they? it's like software that gets out of date, you know, when you get software on your phone, it starts running a little slow. You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah. 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 So uh, I think uh, an elegant way of putting that is that we have software that runs that no longer serves us and it starts getting glitchy and, it, you know, our battery runs down quicker when we're using old software. So, so when you've, you've got new software and you start rebooting yourself and it's like, do you know what? I don't have to think like that way about myself anymore. Um, there, there were loads that in my, in my, I'd got to my late thirties and I, and that, that's when I started really looking at these sort of techniques. And it was, it was a decision that I can't keep running like this. I'm a neurotic. I'm running on a, on a low battery that I'm always at the end of my tether. I'm always um, uh, strung out. And I wanted to make big change. So I invested a lot of time, energy in therapy. I investigated yeah. lots of different therapies as, as a client. Um, I had family members that had um, their own fugue states of mental health and neuroses. Um, so I understood it from, on a personal level. And on my own, I, I, I'd had hormone imbalances early on in my life. And uh, so the only time I felt normal was when I was pregnant and I had three sons and each pregnancy felt 
like I was walking through in a dream and it was just a beautiful experience. So I knew that when I actually came out of that and decided to look at that very seriously, what did I need in my life? So uh, along with hormone regulation, I needed, I needed yeah. to look at my life a lot more seriously. So when it came to uh, the menopause and going through that, cause I'm 60 now, I, I looked at that very seriously uh, because I felt like, I felt like death. I thought I was going to die. I really did. And it affected all of my relationships with myself and others. So I, I invested in a, in a hormone treatment, which is plant-based. So um, I think they call it bioidentical because I'm rubbish with remembering things like that. So do forgive me, but it's a plant-based hormone replacement therapy, which um, has worked really well for me, really well for me. Um, so, so, and, and having, um, working as a coach with NLP has, has, has encouraged me with my own experiences. You call them lived experiences. Yes. Um, I started to really look at what I become, became very conscious, Sharon, very conscious of what my responsibility was with my life. Okay. Because a lot of people will say, oh, it's just how I was born. It's just what I have to deal with. Um, I've always been this way. And it was like, that didn't make any sense to me. Um, I, I don't know whether that's a, a being very, very literal with the Asperger's or what. I don't know. But it didn't make sense that I had to be basically a prisoner of what I was. Yes. Could I take these matters in hand there was a level of acceptance of things i couldn't change and i think this is the lovely i can't remember what it's called the is it is it the infinity prayer or the something prayer i can't remember with the, the wisdom to know the difference what i can change what i can't and the wisdom that's yeah it, it, god grant me the serenity to accept the things i beautiful uh, yeah yeah i mean the serenity absolutely beautifully put the serenity is the acceptance of what i know i cannot change but if there's anything i could if there's anything i could tweak anything i could work with anything i could look at what i realized with nlp was wow how powerful could i feel when i realized actually that thing that i've always done when people say oh yeah but uh, oh, they give their power away. They give their power away to someone else. And they say, oh, because of them, I feel this. And I'm like, okay, is it them though? Is it them? Because they can only affect their own life. I can affect my own life. I have a what they call a locus of control. I've got an area around me that is my responsibility. So what can I do with that? What, what, is, what is that about? that I can say, do you know what? They can do what they do, but they can't get into my locus of control until I make that decision to invite them in, make them a cup of tea, set up home in my area. And yeah. when you realize that human beings absolutely can impact others, but you've also got an enormous amount of pushback. And, and one of my favorite sayings is drawing a line in the sand. So, I draw lines in the sand with lots of people and I have had to do that in my life and gone, no, there's the line and you can stay on that side and I'll stay on this side. But if yes. they come trampling over my, or they kick over my yeah. line, then okay, but be aware that I'm actually going to push that back. 
So I'm not going to take all your your crap. I'm not going to take all your dumping on me. I if if I'm responsible for any of that, we'll have a chat about it. Absolutely, and I'll own it. If it's mine, I'll absolutely own it. If it's not mine, it's theirs, and I leave it with them. But I'm not blaming them. It's something they have to do the journey on. But the the, the consciousness of what I eat, where how much sleep I get, what what do I do about my surroundings? Um, so the, yeah. the the power comes in. What can I do? You know, there's a, there's a phrase that I absolutely love. Now I've been a um, apart apart from this current uh, in, incarnation of myself, I was teaching in professional um, personal development for years, and um, I, I used to stick this up on the flip chart because I'm not great with the whiteboard, not an interactive one. I can't do all the fiddly bits, but I'd stick it up on a on a on a on an A1 sheet of uh, of um, of paper on the flip chart, and I'd say, if life was happening for you and not to you, how would you spend your time? And you can right. see people the class. And <laughs> what does that mean? Um, so if it's happening for you, um what is your response to 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 this phrase because when people think life is happening to them they think that they can't do anything about it whereas yeah. when yeah yeah well it is it's like it's at me it's at me and, and and they become victims of that place but if life is happening for you if you decide to adopt that then pretty much any adversity you find yourself in and that's not making light of adversity absolutely not adversity um so it's an opportunity to look at what's missing right what do we need yeah what do we need what can i do so you don't you don't trivialize any adversity but the good thing about it is is there's there'll be a there'll be a nugget in there of something that i don't have there'll be a um, there'll be a need that I've not met. You know, I've, there's, there's stuff that I need to sort out, whether I need to find out something or I don't have the tools. But adversity is full of gold. And I think, and that's what builds our resilience. So I'm very conscious of resilience being a, being a skill. And that is not making light of anything. You do not make light of it. It's like, right, so my, my job, because I'm not a mental health professional, but my job is um, having years and years and years of being, being a listener and um, coaching people because you're not giving anybody advice. So when, when you said at the beginning, you said, oh, you gave me loads of tips, what I actually did was I got you to find your tips. So yes, you did. Art. You have an art of, of, of I've, I found the tips myself now you've said that. Yeah, yeah, you did. So so I'm not there saying what you need to do, Sharon. You know, when people go out there and, and they're very full of, of advice and everything, I would get you to look at your own environment, your own skill based. And if you're missing something, I'll be getting you to um, to be conscious. And it's all about being conscious. So this is interesting. That you call it bipolar conscious. 
because it is it is conscious living and as soon as we're conscious of as opposed to rattling off an old phrase about ourselves like when I said about programming you know we might say I'm rubbish at that oh I couldn't do that I can't do that and, and can't is a lie you know can't is is a complete lie it, it usually means I don't want to Yes. And, and, and I, don't, I don't I don't want to. It's inconvenient or I'm scared to. Yeah. So so when when we're looking at when we're coaching situations, we're we're um, we're, we're really looking at what's possible. So so and there's also a benefit to hanging on to stuff. There's also a benefit when I say stuff, I mean, things that we tell ourselves, the programming that we hang on to. And there's benefit to hanging on to that. And it's because we are a bit scared of change, you know. Yeah. And and when you get people who've not changed much, the older they get, it's harder to do. So I'm after getting, especially when I work with young people, I've done years and years and years of working with young people. And the beauty of getting them into adversity situations and then getting themselves out of it, it is a is a beautiful thing to see because they say, I shouldn't have this at this age. I shouldn't have to face this. And you say, tell you what, though, you will be supremely skilled as you get older and you'll be less afraid of falling down because you fell down at an early age and you were resilient enough and bouncy enough to get up. And, and of course, the older we get, the less likely we are to change unless you start to adopt a way of adapting to adversity and getting around it so particularly in covid i mean we've had to change so much and it's upset a lot of people because they don't like it and why should why can't we have the same and you yes. say because we need to move forward on this and we need to go as opposed to always staying in the status quo why don't we think about new ways that we can adapt to to our living conditions? And instead of thinking, oh, life's happening to me. Sorry, I'm, I do that mocky voice, but it's where I go in my head. But life's happening to me. Well, if, so what if adversity in this instance is happening for us and teaching yeah. us a lot? There are plenty of people who've written about this. So this is, I'm not, I'm not reinventing the wheel. But there is a beauty to actually sitting down and, and, and methodically going through and unpacking thought processes and programs that we've installed and we've embedded and we have, you know, basically almost updated by looking at them and going, you know, this is old stuff because I will do that with a client. It's like, how old have you, how long have you had that belief? How long have you used that phrase? And you can tell because I work on Skype and uh, faces are enormously leaky. So we think we're being terribly clever when we're hiding stuff and we're not hiding anything. So on, on a screen, I can see when someone really doesn't believe what they're saying. It's or their it's body. Old. Yes. Their body. Yeah, their bodies tell. Tell, yes. tell, tell. The eyes change. You can see someone who's so fed up with saying the same phrase, but they still trot it out. And, and, and the face just drops uh, like millimetres. And you can see that little subtle change. So people think they're um, presenting really their truth. And it's not. But investigating what is real to them and what isn't. And what really, when we look at Pandora's box and we look at what's in it, 
Yes. And like, do you know what? If, if let's have a look and unpack and see what it's like. Let's let's, you know, it's like going into that horrible understairs cupboard. Right. <laughs> We've yeah. all got one. <laughs> We've oh, all got an understairs cupboard, and it, it's full of it's full of rubbish. I I, yeah. I would normally descend into a potty mouth at this point, but I won't. Um, yeah. But it's full of rubbish, and we don't want to get into the corners. And the good thing about um, coaching with NLP is it does upend a lot of stuff and turn the boxes upside down and it yeah it can be really helpful so so you know when you say what can I do I've asked you that question what's possible so what can you do so I, I look at basic things like food how are you eating what are you eating what time are you eating are you eating you know because yeah. quite often people are oh, I can get barn coffee and ciggies, I'm fine. I'm a, like a machine. And then you you know they're not because they're twitching and they're doing all sorts of things that is telling you they're not actually functioning very well. Um, no. uh, and, and so we might consider these small things, but you're, you're bound to do a, a, some more work on food is mood, which will be really useful. But you've got food, then you've got if you don't eat well, it affects your sleep. Um, if you're overstimulated, it affects your sleep. I mean, as as a as a person who was addicted to sugar, I know what that felt like, um, and I had to really get a handle on that. That was a Pandora's box that I was a bit scared to open. But I was I was raised on a, on food that was always heavily doused in sugar, and I had yes. to sort of I had to give it up. Um, but I, it was it, I had to give up alcohol. I yeah box that was old habit of since I was old enough to drink and as soon as I gave up alcohol I coped with my bipolar so much better yeah yeah because they all fight with our bodies and my I I have a I have a a vision um because I'm very visual I spend my life in pictures so my body is a separate entity to my mind in my head so my mind is making decisions and behaviours that my body's looking at me going, are you serious? What now? Mm-hmm. You know, so I've got this like cartoon arrangement going on constantly in my head and, and my body's going, but I'm tired. You know, I want to take myself off to bed. And I'm going, no, because I know everyone's up on social media. Patsy, go to bed. Go yes. to bed, you know, do what's right for your body. And then I find that I stop getting into what feels like alarm states for me because I can feel almost like there's a low level klaxon going off that's saying, you know what, you need to stop and and regroup. Something's going on. And I know that I know that happens in uh, in in mental health. Um, and, but I get I, I've I basically took myself seriously Um and, it, and I'm not suggesting for a minute that people aren't. I, I'm just talking about my own, as you say, your own lived in experience. I took myself seriously and I had to sit down and work with myself to do some very um, straight talking and straight listening. And what a wonderful job you've done, Patsy. This is this has been absolutely great to, for, because I've I've heard of neurolinguistic program programming but this to to get your explanation of it has been great now um you said you touched that you work on skype so if for anybody listening if they wanted to get in contact with you could you work with say say we we're down in hastings yeah if there's 
Scotland listening, they can actually work with you over Skype? Oh, yeah, definitely. I've got clients um, all over uh, for, from very far away. Um, so, so yeah, my clients are, are all over. And they pop in and out when they need to. And and generally speaking, what, what we do is is we work on toolboxes. So I, I, it's not about them coming to me to solve a problem. It's about them solving their own problems in the structure that is provided, like you would with a counsellor, a CBT, yeah. for instance, so that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, so they, they would build their own toolboxes and they can build mental health toolboxes if that's appropriate. They can build time management toolboxes. They can build relationship toolboxes. You know, there's loads. But um, most of my clients at the moment are male, which I'm I'm really pleased about, actually, because men talking about their own emotional and mental health and wealth is is a is a really good thing so yes but with the statistics and everything it's the men that really really i think i think we had a break there somewhere i think we had a break in transmission sharon is that right we did have a breaking transmission, but we were just saying that it's the men that really, really need to talk because um, yes. silence for too long. They've yeah, they lift up a lip yeah. and man up and everything like that. It's really not good. No, and and I've been yeah. So being passed around in the pub as a as a as a like the garage details when you when your sub stops working. I, I've I've been used like that, and I think it's a. I think it's a good thing. The more men that that talk about what's going on in their lives, the better it is. And um, and it's it's a very very healthy. All my male clients all say what a healthy thing that is for them, and their wives get in touch and say thank you for listening. Thank you for being on the other end of the of 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 the of the phone. And um, and, and really what you're doing is you're just listening while people process information. Yes. So they will, they will find that moment, that beacon, and it will be, there'll be these lovely aha moments and there'll be these lovely, lovely moments. But, but when someone is stuck in a blame place, a shame place, a guilt place, which completely locks them in. They get very embedded in that place. And that could start quite early in their lives and it's become an old bit of programming. Then that's where the NLP comes in and I, that gets challenged. So it's, it's what benefit does that have in your life? And, and, and it's interesting. You say you've used that and what impact does that have on you? So you're using a lot of, um, uh, uh, you, you can use loads of different techniques, future pacing. There's, there's so many rubbish. Uh, naming them but they are I, I use a lot of them but but it's 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 um it's it's a, it's a powerful it becomes a powerful toolbox and then they don't become dependent so if a client gets hold of me and says struggle 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 need to speak to you now um I will have had enough time with them to so what what where's your toolbox and they're yeah. like oh no you're meant to be there and you go think about what's in it what's in it that you can summon up? And I might pick something that they've talked about and say, what about the so-and-so? What do you need? You know, how are you? And there might be a sort of five question dialogue and then they'll go away and go, aha, yes, you're quite right. So you're not, you're not expecting people to, there's no dependency with this. It's, it's all about people building their own power 
back up because and that's what, what you're feeling when you've been shown how to build your own power and get your own power back. Yeah, why I've come away from phone calls with you, Patsy, feeling just absolutely wonderful because you haven't given me the answers. I found them myself in everything I've said to you. Yeah, and that's the whole idea. Yeah, so it's it's the whole idea. This is not this is not about um, this is not about anyone fixing anyone. It's people fixing themselves, and also the, the the fact that we do underestimate our ability. So often we, we just shortchange ourselves quite quickly and then subsequently we shortchange others. So we end up in situations where we are, um, oh, well, I couldn't possibly manage whatever. And then they think everyone else isn't going to manage or they don't trust. And then they're hyper or micromanaging others. And, and if they don't trust themselves, they have very little chance in trusting other people and it affects your relationships. So. So it, it's it's a, it is a very useful tool, I think, personally, but. Yeah, life happening for you, not to you. So COVID yeah. is happening happening for us, even though we, we, we might think it's happening to us because that is not in any way shortchanging it or making it smaller. It is, it is an awful state. Um, but there are parts of this that we can find and summon strength, resilience and hope you know, dig deep and, and, and find these things. And if it, if it means that you're, you're out there, you know, compo composing your own uh, first aid box, then yeah. it, even if it's something, it's the simplest thing, Sharon, one of the first things that, that a client said to me, I've got music on my phone. So I said, okay, what could you do about the music? Oh, there's some tracks on there that are perfect. How do yeah. you find them? Oh, well, I have to scroll through. What could you do to make that easier for you? Yeah. Oh, I could make a folder. And you say, there you go. Now, what happens when you have a folder on your phone? Where would you put it? Oh, on the front, on the front. And you go, okay. So when you flick up your thing and put your your password in, your number, then it's there, isn't it? And they say, yeah, because yeah. then I know it's instantly there yeah. so that could be that could be the first step that you take that could buy but buy you some time while you feel that you are starting to lose it I, i've got telltale signs for me my eyes my left eye starts to water now i know that when my left eye starts to water i'm starting to enter it's a physiological uh, state that i am something is wrong something is out of whack so it's it's my trigger almost to start looking at what do I need? What do I need more water? Do I need and and I'm it's like an anchor that I've 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 established that says right now pay attention. So I'm I'm not sure how helpful this is to others, but it's one of the things that as each client has come and said that they have photographs that they go to, they have the sound of their dog barking. Um, or their grandchildren laughing or something, but they'll have something that will be right up there that will be right in the forefront or they'll carry cereal bars or they'll have an, uh, an emergency number that will be somebody that says, I am your 3am person. Sounds just like my toolkit, really does. <laughs> Somebody's listening to this 
and they want some patsy time they would like to um book a session with you um i have got your email address here which i am going to include in the comments but if we just spell it out um do you want to do you want to say it or shall Um, i it's it's patsy p-a-t-s-y surname um is solanke so it's my whole name so patsy solanke s for sugar o-l-a-n for november k-i at yahoo.co.uk and um i'm always up for a, a chat so it's not it's you know if, if you want to have a chat about what's going on you can have a chat about it and and we'll see where it goes from there you know it's not it's not as it's not as formal as a lot of people think it is I've never been particularly formal, to be honest. Um, it, it does feel more like a chat than it does anything else, but it's a practical chat. So, you know, if it becomes formal and we do sessions in, yeah, that's fine. But, you know, we're in COVID and quite frankly, all sorts of things have gone by the by with COVID. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you use the Zoom? I was just wondering if, if somebody Ooh. wanted to. Sorry. Yeah, um, I, I find Zoom quite frightening. <laughs> it's all those boxes and it's format i don't i don't particularly um i i'm drawing a line in the sand there sharon um i find skype easier and more friendly for me so um yeah uh but um so that's my preferred because then i can see you whatsapp not great because the the bandwidth is never that great for whatsapp it needs an awful lot but but who knows you know get in touch if you want to but but try it, I would say, try and build, think about building a first aid kit, which might involve, because remember, we, we respond to stimulus um, with our senses. So if you find something that looks like something you love, something that sounds like something you love, that has a good effect on you, something that smells like something you love. Um, so if you take into consideration sight, hearing, sound touch I'm, I'm a stimmer so i carry things around me um anybody who's who's, who's aware of um, autism spectrum they will know that stimming is something you know you, something that keeps feels nice and soothing so for me it's it's fabric so i keep things on me that feel nice um i always wear f- fabrics that feel nice it has, it's very important to me i just can't wear anything jaggy um and uh, so that could cover touch and and how you f- so what's that sound sight have I missed one out taste yeah taste. something in you yeah something in your bag that tastes nice so if if you put together a little first aid box that that might help you and sounds sounds are very evocative you know they're as evocative as smells um, sounds I think smells the first sense we feel and then after that is sound. And then the rest takes their time. So um, smell, yeah, because mum's breastfeeding. And then after that, it sounds. So, so yeah. Yeah. How's that for you, Sharon? Oh, Patsy, you've been absolutely wonderful. I can't thank you enough. This is, <laughs> along with my interview with Lily Kim, this is the best episode yet. Well, of- bless you. <laughs> More than Lily Kim, but this is wonderful. Thank you. I'm sure you've helped a lot of people out there. You're very and kind. This is a bit like the listening project, isn't it? With 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 yeah, yeah, I quite yeah. like it. 
Yeah. Well, uh, Sharon, anything that you can do that can help people connect and give themselves a, some, you know, kind time is is has got to be a benefit. We Lovely. all need more of. Yeah, I'm going to try, Patsy. All right, my lovely. Okay, thank you for your time, Patsy. You're very well. See you soon. Bye bye.